0: Welcome to episode number three of the One dot com podcast, and today we're going to be talking about three home recording mixing tips. So don't go anywhere. All right. Hey, welcome back once again to episode number three of the Home Music Studio One.com podcast. And my name is David Maxey. I want to thank you for listening once again, for downloading this, for checking us uh, out on the blog, if uh, that's where you're listening to this podcast at. And let me just say right as we begin today, I want to say a great big thank you to everyone uh, who, you know, honestly, I've just had a really good response to these First two episodes, and I'll tell you what. To be completely honest, I didn't necessarily anticipate such a good response when we, uh, you know, when I first began to put these together. And so, thank you for giving me your feedback. And I, you know, I want to encourage you to continue to do that. The more I hear from you guys, and the more I hear your information about the in, the things that I'm talking about, and also the more I hear what you're kind of going through and wrestling with, and trying to figure out in your own home recording situation, the more that uh, just gives me some information to help. You you and and you know help you ultimately get to our goal, and that's learn how to produce a a professional quality project in all of your home sto- studio stuff, but to be able to do that on a budget. And so that's what we're aiming at. Once again, thank you uh, everyone f- for those of you that have downloaded this podcast. And so that said, uh, let's go ahead and get into where I want to go today. I want to talk to you about three home recording. Mixing tips that uh, you know really have been a big help to me over the years, and honestly, we both know that you know I could probably talk for hours and hours we could list way more than three, but there's really three that have just, just uh you know they've kind of been a, a stepping stone for me in a lot of ways in a lot of ways they've also been a pillar to just kind of help really shape uh, how i 'm preparing my mixes after i've tracked my audio uh, again in my home studio and so I want to share these with you. And so let's get into number one. Number one home recording mixing tip is this. Use a professional reference point when you're building your mix. Now what do I mean by that? Well, uh, you know, I, I could share all sorts of different examples and those of you that are listening, some of you are like me, you're you're just a, a good old fashioned rocker, and uh, you know, maybe you're into to rock, or maybe you're you're a rap core guy, or you're a country guy, or you're gospel, or you're you're hip hop, or everywhere in between, maybe you're more into kind of the DJ field and so techno and house music is your thing, or uh, you know, maybe you're just more into metal or or whatever it is. There's all sorts of styles of music out there. And the reality is uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what style you're doing, find a professional reference CD to listen to and build your mixes from before you start really customizing and, and really trying to add kind of your own creativity, your own taste in there. Now, you might think initially, well, you know, that that's kind of, you're, you're a musician, you know, how can you tell me not to use my own creativity? Well, what I'm saying is this, find a CD that has been professionally mixed and professionally mastered that is in the genre of music that you are recording for whatever project you're doing and listen to that audio as your initial reference point in order to build your mix from and, uh, you know, a lot of times this can be a big help if you're just kind of stuck and you're just really not sure where to start. This is a, a great source to, to just begin with. Now, here's why I say that. You've got to understand that, you know, in the home recording situation, Most of us are not being paid millions of dollars a year in order to produce a record. However, there are producers out there that spend doing this as a a living, making a great living at it, that uh, have really spent hours and hours and hours fine-tuning, honing their skill in order to find out what works and what doesn't work. And it's not that we can never be creative away from those sources, but those are many times a great place to start, especially when you're learning how to build a mix. So uh, if you're like me, maybe you're, uh, you know, you're into just rock and maybe more of a modern rock, pop in some Coldplay or you know something along the lines of, of the actual project that you're working on and listen. Listen for a few things. I'll give you three things to pay attention to when you're looking for that professionally mixed reference point of an audio CD. Listen, number one, to the tones of the instruments. Listen to, to what is present there and in the tone of the guitar, the tone of the voice, kind of that color, that flavor. How are things EQ'd a little bit, you know, what are they using in their mix, how are they getting that guitar tone, is it a lot of drive, is it a little drive, you know, is the vocals are they breathy, are they really sharp, are they really hard, whatever style of music you're doing, begin to pay attention, you know look at the synth, listen to it, the piano sound the drum kit, or is it a synthetic kit, or is it more of a a programmed kit, listen to the tones and the color of the instrumentation and the musical creativity that you're hearing in in whatever uh, professional reference Reference you're using. Uh, the second thing that is really helpful to pay attention to is where do those instruments lie within the mix uh, when it comes to the stereo left-right field? Where are they panned? Uh, you might hear all sorts of different instruments in there. Throw on a pair of headphones. listen to again a professional reference point, a professionally produced professionally mastered industry standard c d and listen where uh you know where is the main rhythm coming from? Where are the main instruments happening is there Is there one small part that just has kind of an auxiliary sound, or maybe there 's many different layers that you can hear. Listen to those layers and find out where are they at in the stereo field of that mix. You may find that there's some really cool sounds that are happening, but they're panned way hard left, way hard right, kind of more of a fill. Or you might be listening and paying attention to, well, you know what? It sounds like that kick drum or that snare drum is right dead center hitting me square between the eyes or that bass guitar. Those are excellent reference points in your own mixes to begin to kind of adjust your own pans and uh, begin to create that stereo field. And uh, another thing to listen for. Um, is is the production, and when I say production, I, I, what I mean by this is it wasn't just uh, you know ten guys got in a room and everybody played a hundred percent of the time and everybody just played a hundred percent volume, a hundred percent dynamic, and we just threw it all together. There's a lot of production instrumentation, a lot of production that goes into producing these, and what I mean by that is where do things come in. And, uh, you know, what you'll find most of the time in professional studios is a lot of times with production, they don't spend their time trying to find out, uh, you know, how to add more. They actually find their, uh, spend a lot of their time trying to find out how to take out enough so that Only enough is there to get the job done. How much is too little? Uh, Kind of from the mindset of this that more is actually less. And so, how much can we pull out and still make sure we've got what we need? And so, you might hear a guitar part that's not playing through the whole song. It's just one little line over here, but it but it adds to that part and it gives that dynamic to that part. Listen to the production that is happening. Listening to uh, the tracks from a professionally mastered album and uh, in in an industry standard album in whatever field you're recording to can be an amazing reference point to start to build your mixes off of. And so quick recap on that, listen to where things are panned at, listen to the tones of the instrumentation, the vocals, and then listen to the production value and kind of get some ideas off that. What instruments are coming in where, what you know, where is the backing vocal coming in? Where is the lead vocal? Are they long parts? Are they just little parts here? And and so begin to kind of build your mixes off that reference point is a great place to start. It's especially when you're learning it to develop that year. And so that's our number one tip uh, for home recording mixing. So let's go ahead and get to tip number two. Tip number two is something that uh, you know specifically when you're first starting out in home recording, you may not realize that there is a second step to the final process before you release a CD or make that available, particularly uh, in the industry. Now, when that is all mixed and it's mixed down to one final stereo track and burned down to a CD, there is usually one step before that that CD, that audio goes out uh, to be released to the public. And that step is called the mastering process, sometimes referred to as the finalize, uh, finalizing that audio. And during that step of, uh, of mastering, uh, an engineer will be able to listen to that project in a controlled room in a room that doesn't boost one frequency over another, has a real flat uh, frequency response in the room. We may talk about that in a later uh, episode of, of the podcast here. But uh, an industry guy or someone who is doing mastering, they'll have typically a controlled room where they've got a setup where it's nice and flat. They've got a real good monitoring situations so they can hear exactly what is happening within that mix. And they're going to listen to things like EQ and how do I EQ that in a balance to where that the EQ is set in such a way that it's good and balanced for the style of music, but that it sounds excellent in just about any type of, uh, you know, any type of thing you're playing in. And it's going to sound, it's going to sound just as good in your car system as it would headphones when it comes to the balance of frequencies. Uh, In other words, you throw on a pair of uh, headphones and and maybe your headphones have a little bit of a, a bass boost to them. Well, when they adjust that EQ, they're listening to how to get this bass. Balanced so that it is going to sound great in as many different systems or listening devices as possible another thing that happens in the mastering process aside from Eq is uh, is adjustment of the stereo field maybe you've listened to your your mixes and then you've compared that to a professional mix and you've thought man you know their mix just sounds larger than life well there's a, a stereo expansion or a stereo width that is being adjusted on that and that is part of the mastering process sometimes there's there's a mastering a reverb that is added to that. Oftentimes, a, a very popular part of the mastering process is multi band compression, compressing that final mix, but doing so paying attention to certain frequencies above another, not just one overall left right mix, but the lows would be compressed independently from the mid range and from the highs. And then that can be divided up into as many times as that mastering engineer thinks is appropriate. And so there's many, there's still other levels like noise reduction, and uh, there's just different things. And then lastly, usually uh, it comes out of that process with a maximizing volume, which is a type of compression, but it maximizes the volume of that overall mix with a, a usually a type of limiting on it so that it can get as close to clipping as possible, but actually compressed in such a way that the audible sound of that mix is, vis- is, is audibly louder even if you're looking at a mix that's peaking at zero, a mastered mix will also peak at zero, but the dynamic glow spot will be far far higher than something that maybe you just did on your own and so that's the mastering process. Maybe you weren't aware that that process existed and so here's my tip, my number two tip when you're when you're trying to get your mixes ready ready to go and polished up, leave room for the mastering process leave room for the mastering process. What do I mean by that? Don't slam all the volume to your mix. Don't compress the daylights out of that final mix and try and get it right peaked up to that zero Leave room for a mastering engineer, uh, to, to go ahead and take care of that. Leave room for that mix to be mastered. Don't try and worry too much about, uh, you know, having a really wide stereo field or adding some mastering reverb to make it all sound together or, or really kind of trying to listen to it all together and, and make adjustments to your overall EQ of the main, of the main mix. Leave room for the mastering to do that, and so that means you're gonna you're gonna need headroom you're gonna need uh you know don't worry so much about slamming it right into the zero with a limiter give some dynamic so that a mastering engineer can take that product and listen to it in a controlled environment and make the appropriate adjustments for you. Now, sometimes in the, uh, you know, in the home music studio arena, many, many times you might be attempting to do your own mastering process. Maybe you've kind of known that just a little bit. Either way, you still want to leave room to come back at a later time and listen to that left-right mix. You want to make sure that there's enough dynamic there that you've not just crunched the daylights out of it to try and get it kind of self-mastered to a degree. You want to make sure you don't you don't over-EQ and add some kind of, uh, you know, sonic uh, maximizer to it and, and really try and brighten up your own highs. You make sure that you leave room for that to be done in, in, a, in a controlled environment, if possible, by a mastering engineer, or if it's you, by uh, just being able to take a break and come back into whatever environment you're doing. You're going to do a lot better if you're, if you're leaving room to be mastered and not trying to do that right in the mixing process. And uh, again, that's something that that uh, many times we don't think about if you don't realize that that is really one step that that is a, a huge difference between a professional album and kind of this amateur sound is that mastering process, and you want to leave room for that mastering process to be done well uh, and to be done to your project. So that's the number two tip, leave room for the mastering process. And uh, the number three tip is kind of related a little bit uh, to what we just talked about. Again, these are three tips for home recording mixing tips, okay? So the number three tip I want to give you that has to do with mixing your, your, uh, your projects in the home studio is this, very simple take a break and uh, what do i mean by that you know if you've ever realized that maybe you've been mixing for hours at some point maybe you've you've noticed yeah you've kind of hit this peak point where man it just it's not sounding as good as what it used to and you find yourself boy now you think boy i need to adjust this eq more and and uh, the lows boy is it really enough i need to boost the you know the the 80 on the bass just a little bit more even though you've already adjusted it about 17 times at some point just by virtue of the fact that music many times is relative specifically relative to our ears when we hear one thing and then listen to another a lot of times we think boy you know i need to adjust this more or less again to our first point using something as a reference point well after you've used that reference point you're you're thinking of leaving room for the mastering process but you're you're continuing to to you know work on your mix The thing that it is always helpful to do is every now and again, just take a break. Take a break and give your ears a sonic rest. And a lot of times that simple thing alone, when you come back to your projects, you'll find yourself thinking, holy moly you know, what was I thinking? You know, I've got way too much 2K, uh, you know, on my vocals and it's just chopping your head off. And boy, last night that sounded awesome. But this morning, you know, it's not quite there. And so a lot of times just taking a break can save your mixes from being over EQ, would from over compression, from over, uh, you know, doing all sorts of effects to them because, you know, our ears just eventually stop hearing what they need to hear. It's kind of this sonic fatigue that happens. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking a break while you're creating your mixes, get a little ways into it, and uh you know when you find yourself feeling like man you just you're just not getting there, you just don't seem to be able to hear what you're hearing or it just doesn't seem to sound good anymore, then just save the project and come back at a future time and I, I guarantee you things will uh, you'll you'll hear a lot more clear, give yourself several hours, give yourself a day or a couple days, and come back to that mix, and you'll hear things that maybe you did not hear previously again from ear fatigue, from just that sonic fatigue. All right, guys, that said, three home recording mixing tips. We'll give you a quick recap. Uh, number one, start out if you can, especially if you're learning from the beginning to build a mix, find a professional album that was recorded, uh, the industry standard in whatever style of music your project is, and use that as a reference point. Listen to the pans, listen to the tones, the placement of the microphones uh, in the mix, the placement of the instruments, the vocals in the mix, and then listen to the production that is going on. Where are things coming in? How much is being played? Uh, you know, what type of things are being? use just to fill little spots here and there and begin to build your own mix off that professional reference point. Number two, leave room for the mastering process. Uh, Think as you're going along, you don't need to get the loudest volume out of the left, right mix while you are creating your mix, just keep a good little uh, you know padding up there, push it somewhere around the negative six or so, and uh, just make sure you don't have clipping, but you don't need to apply a, a limiter to the left-right mix. You don't need to compress it. Don't use any kind of uh, reverb on anything while you're creating your mix. Just uh, You just create your mix with the idea that this is going to be mastered in the future. Number three, don't be afraid to take a break. That can be a huge help just taking a break every now and again and give your ears a rest. Many times you'll find that just taking that break, you'll hear things when you come back that you didn't hear previously because your ears just kind of got sonically fatigued a little bit. And so don't be afraid to take a break. Those are my three tips for home recording mixing, and hopefully they've been helpful to you. Uh, if they have, hey, why not sign up for my newsletter? And if you've not done that yet, uh, you know, just as a thank you for signing up for the newsletter, I've got a free gift that I would like to get into your hands. One question that I'm often asked in regards to the home music studio is, you know, Dave, tell me about compression. What is compression? How does it work? And, uh, you know, even how do I use compression? Maybe some ideas along that. And so what I've done, because that is a very common question I get asked, is I have created a, a short ebook that kind of helps explain, and it's called Understanding Compression in the Home Music Studio. And so just as a thank you for signing up to my newsletter, where you'll get just more weekly updates of more information, more tips, some exclusive things only to those that are signed up for the newsletter, just as my thank you for signing up for that, you'll get a free download of uh, the ebook, Understanding Compression in the Home Music Studio. And uh, if you would like to sign up for that newsletter, Head on over to home music studio one dot com forward slash free gift. Again, that's home music studio one dot com forward slash free gift. With that said, this is David Max. I want to thank you for tuning in once again to the podcast. And uh, this is uh, tuning out with home music studio one dot com podcast.